After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Thanks, Abby. Uh, well, friends, welcome to church this morning. Merry Christmas to you all. It's great to see you, and I hope you have a great Christmas day. Uh, it's, uh, it's good, isn't it? Great this week that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus. We had a great time on Sunday with our carols, and then here again this morning. Well done for getting here uh, on an earlier service than our usual one. Uh, you can see the readings in your, uh, your outline there, but uh, you can imagine the scene, can't you? Those first couple of verses that Abby... Uh, read out to us, you can imagine the scene, this strange group of travellers, this strange group of travellers travelling into the city of Jerusalem. Um, uh, it was the capital city of the Jewish people, and they were totally exotic. They, they, were, they were very strange for the people who were there. Uh, they probably would have been quite wealthy in these rich flowing robes. We had a few rich flowing robes here on Sunday. Um, uh, and they probably would have smelt a bit strange with their strange perfumes. And it would have caused a stir as these, these magi, these exotic magi, come uh, uh, riding into Jerusalem. We're told they were magi, uh, wise men who studied the stars. Uh, they were the, like the scholars of their day uh, from the eastern countries, uh, probably a few hundred kilometers away from uh, Jerusalem. Uh, and they represented really the best of human wisdom at the time. Uh, they'd seen something incredible in the stars, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, later on. They'd seen something that meant that they left their homelands, and they'd gone on this long journey, hundreds of kilometres, uh, to, uh, to, to, to Jerusalem. Uh, and we, we know them as the three kings of Orients. Uh, I was, growing up, I was always confused. I thought they were the three kings of Orientar, because of the sign. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 we three kings of Orients are bearing gifts, which if you didn't know. Uh, it's no, the three kings of the Orient, but uh, we call them kings because they probably were quite rich and they would have had that kind of majestic royal look to them. But do you notice in the story, the, the two verses that Abby just read, and they're on your handout there, um, they're not called kings, but there are kings. There are actually two kings in the story, in those couple of verses that we read. The first one is a guy called King Herod, uh, King Herod, you can see there in verse 1, he was a nasty piece of work. King Herod, he was uh, totally paranoid. Uh, at one point, he was convinced that his two sons were conspiring against, the, against him, uh, so he had them killed, uh, and, uh, uh, forgetting the fact that he'd also killed their mother, and that's probably why they were conspiring. So he was a nasty piece of work. If you keep reading Matthew's account, you get more of a sense of just what a wicked guy Herod was as he orders, uh, through the rest of the chapter of, uh, chapter 2 of Matthew, as he orders uh, every baby boy in Bethlehem to be killed. He's a really ruthless, paranoid, uh, nasty piece of work. Part of the reason he was so paranoid is because he knew he was not the true king of Israel. He knew that he wasn't the true king of Israel. Uh, he was only part Jewish. Uh, he wasn't from the royal family line. He basically became king by kind of smoozing up with the Romans, who were the occupying force at the time. Uh, so that made him really paranoid. So you get this picture. On the one hand, there's Herod, paranoid, ruthless, dictator-type king. But then, did you notice in verse 2, there's another king? There's the king that the Magi come 
to worship. They're searching for. They'd seen what they'd seen in the sky made them believe that a great new king of the Jews had been born. The Jewish people had been waiting for a king, a special king, for thousands or hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, And everyone knew it wasn't Herod. Everyone knew Herod was not the guy. About a thousand years earlier, God had promised the greatest Jewish king, David, that someone would come from his family who would be the eternal king over God's kingdom, who would fix up everything that's wrong with the world. Um, God had promised this to the Jewish people. Uh, This king who would bring God's blessing to the world. Uh, Another 500 years on from that, and God told his prophet Micah that that king would be born in Bethlehem, which we'll read about in just a second. And then you get to Matthew's Gospel, this this account of Jesus' life, and you see what's being said. You can see what's being said as you read through the first chapters of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus ticks all the boxes. He's descended from David, you learn in chapter 1 of Matthew. He's born in Bethlehem. Uh, He is this promised Messiah who would come and save their people from their sins. Uh, At the end of chapter 1, the stakes are raised even more. Steve mentioned it earlier, the great, incredible, mind-blowing news of Christmas, uh, that this coming King was also God Himself come into the world. God made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, who would come to rule and save. So, the first thing the story tells us is that this actually not three kings there's two kings we've got herod and we've got the true king god's long-awaited messiah the true eternal king who would come into the world to save and to rule when king herod heard this he was disturbed at all jerusalem with him when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, you report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Well, so two kings we have in this story. We've got King Herod and we've got Jesus. Uh, Jesus is God's king. But the second thing you notice in this little passage that uh, Jim read for us, the second thing you notice is that not everyone in the, pe- in the story, lots of people in the story actually, don't recognise this king. And the thing is, it's the people you would expect to recognise him who don't. The people you would expect to recognise this king don't. Uh, at first, you think Herod might recognise him. He certainly listens to these wise men. He tries to find out where this new king is. And he even says, so that I can go and worship him too. But you find out very soon that uh, it's just all a lie. It's pretend worship that Herod is engaging in. 
He doesn't actually want to join in with them and going to worship this new king. He actually wants to get rid of this new king, this new threat to his throne. Uh, you see, if these promises that were read out uh, were true, and he sort of asked the chief priests uh, about these promises, if they were true, what would that mean for Herod? It would, of course, mean he would have to take the crown off his own head and give it to this new king. Uh, and so he tries to outsmart... Well, he, he, he's not just outsmarting this new king, he's actually outsmart, trying to outsmart God himself, who had promised this one that would be born in Bethlehem. Okay, so that's Herod. He doesn't recognise this new king. But then, you, did you notice also in the story there, there's the chief priests and the teachers of the law. The priests and the teachers of the law, these guys were steeped in God's promises. Out of anyone, they should have been the ones who recognised this new king to come. Uh, they were steeped in the promises of God to come and save his people, to send his Messiah to rule. Uh, they don't try and kill Jesus like Herod does, at least not yet. But they have this, actually they have the same basic response. They saw the wise men, they heard what they were saying. But they also reject Jesus as king. A little bit different from Herod though, right? Uh, they reject Jesus just by ignoring him. Um, these magi had come hundreds of kilometres to see this new king. But these guys, the religious leaders, uh, they wouldn't go down the road to see the new king. Um, and what this story does, friends, is it, it really exposes a deep problem in the human heart. A deep problem in our hearts. Our deep desire to rule our own lives. Our pride... And even our anger at the thought that God is king and I'm not. Uh, so we take God's crown and we put it on our own heads. That's what Herod was doing. And in a way, that's actually what the, chief, the priests and the teachers of the law were doing as well. Herod did it in his rage. And maybe you've ha had a similar kind of experience at some point. Maybe you've raged against God, against the claim that he has authority over you, that Jesus is your king. Or maybe you've heard the news of this newborn king and responded not with Herod's rage, but with the indifference of the teachers of the law here. Uh, perhaps you also have quietly ignored him. Either way, these guys are both in the same boat. They both hear the news of this newborn king, this Messiah, and both of them reject it. But of course, there is one group here, isn't there, who do recognise this king, who do see him with joy, and who do come to worship him. We're going to hear... Uh, their story now, and Jane's going to read that for us. Thanks, Jane. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thanks, Jane. So, did you see what's going on here? It's the people you would expect to receive this king, don't. And here, it's the people who you would least expect in the whole world to receive this king who do. The people who don't fit in. The wrong people from the wrong place. They're the ones who do see the king and who acknowledge him. And friends, maybe uh, you're here this morning and you feel like you don't fit the mould. Uh, maybe you feel like Jesus might be for some people, but not for you. You're too different. Maybe you've done things in the past that you think would get in the way. Whatever it is. These magi were that and, and more. Uh, they weren't who anyone would expect would come and worship. And yet it's them who do come. It's them who do see the truth of what's happening here. And it fits in again with the bigger story of the Bible. Um, this king would be the one who would bring God's blessing to the whole world, who would open up his blessing to everyone. He offers new life to all people, even to you. Even to you who perhaps don't fit the mould. Even if you're the last person anyone you know would expect to come and worship this king. Jesus is king for you too. So these wise men get it. They see his star. Uh, we're not sure exactly what was going on there. It's uh, possibly a, a special conjunction in the sky or perhaps a bright comet. Uh, and they get to the house where Jesus is and they bow down. It, can you, it's such a bizarre scene, isn't it? Uh, can you imagine this group of rich foreign elites with their rich robes uh, coming and to a bit of a backwater town. Uh, Jesus is probably in a house by this stage, uh, maybe a rented house in Bethlehem, bowing down and worshipping this baby in this little backwater town. Such a bizarre scene. It doesn't really make any sense unless you see who this baby is, unless you see who, what kind of a king he is. I don't know how much these magi, these wise men saw. Um, of who Jesus was, probably just a glimpse, but it was enough for them to come hundreds of kilometres bearing these incredibly lavish gifts for this new king. Uh, but the incredible thing is, as you keep reading Matthew's Gospel, you s the contrast between those two kings in the, at the start of the reading here, the contrast just becomes greater and greater. What kind of a king would this new baby turn out to be? Well, as you keep reading in the gospel here, you see a king that is totally different from any other kind of king. Uh, it's totally different from the other king, certainly, in this story, the brutal dictator Herod. Jesus didn't wear an impressive golden crown like Herod did. He ended up wearing a crown made out of thorns as he hung on a Roman cross. He didn't kill off his rivals. Uh, he died for his enemies. The only blood on Jesus' hands was his own. He didn't 
And he didn't die like Herod, insecure and paranoid. He died willingly, paying the price for the sin of his people. And unlike any other king, this king rose to a new and eternal life and is now the Lord of all. Um, we're going to sing later his wonderful words. Not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him, but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high. So as you keep reading Matthew's Gospel, you see this amazing, incredible portrait of this king. Uh, friends, who are you in this story? Who are you? As you kind of reflect this Christmas day on the first Christmas, that's a good question to kind of reflect on today, isn't it? Uh, maybe like Herod, you know what it is to rage against God. Or maybe like the religious leaders, you can see within yourself that you're, you have quietly ignored him and his claims. Wherever you're at, I want to invite you today to join with these Magi, actually. To join in the Magi against every expectation, the guys who no one thought would be those who would come to Jesus. And they responded in the only way they could. They saw something spectacular about this new baby. And they did the only natural thing to do. They came and they worshipped him. But did you notice the effect finding Jesus had on them? It wasn't a kind of fearful, begrudging worship. Uh, we kind of, I kind of skipped over this, but if you flick your eye back to verse 10, what was the kind of effect of all of this on these magi? The prospect of meeting this king was something that filled them with joy. It filled them with joy. So friends, we're going to sing a song and perhaps this can be for you a way to respond to not only this story but this incredible news of Christmas, that this new king has come uh, who would bring salvation for you and life for you and forgiveness for you. We're going to sing a song. It's all about joy at Christmas time. It's really well known. Uh, you may not always feel this joy and that's okay, but the story of the Magi is just a glimpse into a deep reality of what Christmas is all about. Joy to the world. That's what was happening 2,000 years ago at that stable. Joy to the world, because this King has come. This Lord has come. So let every heart, including yours, including mine, every heart prepare him room i'm going to say a short prayer and then i invite you to stand and sing this song with me we pray together heavenly father thank you for christmas thank you for the king jesus who was born thank you for the kind of king he was thank you that he is the king who gives himself for his people who died so that we might have life and forgiveness and hope and joy Father, we pray this Christmas uh, that we might know something more of the joy to the world that has come because of this King. And we pray that in his name. Amen.